This is the Ford Theater, a full hour of radio drama. Our play today, A Star is Born, a moving Hollywood story of success and heartbreak. This is Billy Moon, your Hollywood star chaser. Here's the latest news from Glamourtown. Just a few hours ago, producer Oliver Nile signed a lovely new starlet who may make screen history. Her name, Esther Victoria Blodgett. But you're right, she'll never be called that on the screen. You'll be seeing her as Vicki Lester. The Ford Theater, presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. In the past three generations, millions of Americans have learned to rely on Ford products. For three generations, Ford has led the way in the development of more dependable, more economical transportation. Today, in the third generation, more than eight million Americans prefer Ford products. They know from experience you can depend on Ford. As spokesman for the Ford Theater, may we present the distinguished playwright, producer, and actor, co-author of State of the Union and Life with Father, Howard Lindsay. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are privileged to present to you on the Ford Theater a radio version of the famous movie about movie land, A Star is Born. Our story starts on a transcontinental bus westbound on a clear autumn night. A score or more of sprawling, travel-weary passengers are dozing uneasily as the huge vehicle hurtles across the Mojave Desert. But in a forward seat, at least two passengers are awake. The girl sits erect, peering out ahead. The man, a more seasoned traveler, comments dryly. It's no use, North Dakota. You can't see it from here. You'll have to wait about six more hours. See what? Promised land, where they're already mixing the cement for your footprints in front of Grauman's Chinese. How did you know where I'm going? Oh, I can spot the lambs being led to the Hollywood slaughter a mile away. Anybody meeting you in the morning? No. No way you're going to stay? No. But you've got a cousin of a cousin at a studio, and you're sure he's going to get you a job in a picture overnight. Still no. What? I don't know a soul in Hollywood. I get it. From prairie to soundstage and one easy lesson. I hope you're right. Look, Dakota. It's Esther. Esther Blodgett. Esther Blodgett. That name's great for Hollywood, too. I'm Danny McGuire. Hello. Tell me, Esther, what experience have you had uh, acting, I mean? Well, I did the lead in two high school operettas, and there's a community theater in Fillmore. Last month, we played Blythe Spirit, and (laughs) to tell the truth, I've got the review from the Fillmore Herald here in my purse. Let me see that purse of yours. Wait, I'll get the clipping. Never mind the clipping. This is what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. $63. Is that all you've got? Mr. McGuire. Is that all you've got? Yes. Sixty-three bucks to storm the Hollywood windmills. Look, kid, there's money enough there to buy a ticket back to Fillmore. Fillmore. Fillmore and a few bucks left over for a wedding dress to marry some nice farmer boy you left behind. I'll take the advice of a guy who knows. Do it. Thanks, but I don't think I will. My purse, please. Honey, I know this picture racket. Fourteen years I've been in Hollywood. Actor, prop, stuntman, assistant director. Fourteen years and look at me. Big success. So I still ride buses when I tour the country. You're an assistant director? Yeah, I was, but... what director? Casey Burke, the last time. Casey Burke? He directs the Norman Maine pictures. He's a fine director. Then, of course, Norman Maine's a really great actor. What's he like personally? I've always thought... Esther, listen to me. You can't crack Hollywood like this. What have you got? A pretty face and 63 bucks. No, I've got something else. I know I can do it. I want to act. I think I can act. And I'm going to as simple as that. Not really. But you can get something in your heart and, well, nothing else is important. This just happens to be the one thing I want in life. Maybe you're right. Maybe I never will be a star. But I know this. 
I've got to try. Miss, are you the one who insists upon seeing Mr. Phillips? Yes, Mr. Phillips. Hello, I'm Esther Blodgett. I want to register for extra work. Miss Blodgett, You we... already have 14,000 people registered, and that's 16 times as many as you can use, I know, but I'll take that chance. So will about 10,000 other girls, Miss Blodgett. But it happens that registrations are closed. They have been for two years. But I... How long have you been in Hollywood? Well, it's nearly two months now. Look, why don't you try an agent? I have. None of them will take me without experience. Well, a little theater, then. They want tuition. Well, then try radio. I have. Please, Mr. Phillips, if I could just register as an extra. Miss Blodgett, you saw that switchboard when you came in. Every one of those lights represents someone who thought he was going to be a star. Do you know what your chances are? One in a hundred thousand. But maybe I'm that one. Please, Mr. Phillips. I'm sorry, no. And I am sorry, honestly. That's all right. Rules are rules. I'll just have to find some other way. I, I sure hate to mention it, Miss Blodgett, but with a rent ceiling on these rooms, well... Pop, you're trying to say that even an old softy like you can't let me go on owing your rent after five weeks. That's it, isn't it? Well, I, I guess so. No luck today? No. There was a call for line girls at Republic. Well, you ain't a line girl, are you? I thought I might be. I found out I'm not. In fact, it begins to look like I'm not anything. Oh, honey... Hey, you just forget what I said about that rent. No, Pop, I've got no right to... Excuse me, <clears throat> Hello? Is Esther Blodgett there? Yeah, it's right here. For you, honey. It is? Mm-hmm. Hello? Hello, Esther. Danny McGuire. Hello, how are you? How are you making out, Dakota? Any breaks? No, Danny. Well, how's the bankroll? It isn't. Want a job? A job? Oh, Danny, where? What studio? When? Who, who's the director? What Whoa, makeup? Wait, wait, wait a minute. It's uh, not exactly a picture job, uh, exactly. Well, what is it, exactly? Well, it's a sort of a, a waitress job. A waitress? Oh, Danny. Yeah, but it's kind of a movie job, too, in a way. You see, I'm back working for Casey Burke. And on the set this morning, I heard Casey say he needed an extra waitress for parties giving tonight at his beach place to celebrate finishing the new Norman Maine picture. It's ten bucks, baby. Ten bucks? Uh-huh. There'll be a lot of big people there tonight. After all, they found movie stars behind soda fountains before. What can you lose? Danny, maybe you're right. Sure I am. Now, here's how you get there. I need another tray of hors d'oeuvres, please, bartender. Just a minute. You say scotch for Mr. Burke, Rene. Double. And a martini for Monsieur Niles. That's Oliver Niles, the producer, isn't it? So what? And, miss, you do not have to pirouette before each guest you serve. You are not modeling that uniform in a fashion show. I wasn't. Here's your hors d'oeuvre. Oh, thanks. An hors d'oeuvre, Mr. Burke? Thanks. Mr. Niles? Uh, which do you recommend, my dear? Frankly, any but the caviar. Well, that's what I call an original approach, Casey. I commend you on your service. Mmm, yeah, I suppose so. Where's uh, Matt Libby? He promised to show me the press releases for Norman Maine's new picture. Here he comes now, and uh, where is Norman, anyway? You can stop wondering where your guest of honor is, Casey, and your number one star, Oliver. I was right. I just phoned the Beverly Hills jail. No, Matt, not again. Mr. Niles, I regret to inform you that Norman Maine, that great American heartthrob, was apprehended two hours ago driving a police ambulance down Wilshire Boulevard with a siren going full blast. He explained that he was a tree surgeon on a maternity case. Will it be in the papers, Matt? I've already called. I think I can keep it out. But it'll cost you and Oliver Niles Productions another choice hunk of cash. Norman started hitting the stuff this afternoon, Oliver, even before we'd finished the last scene. Would you care for an hors d'oeuvre, Mr. Libby? Sure thing. Hey, Casey, your help is improving. Where'd you find this one? At Central Casting. Huh? Where is Norman now? Who knows? They let him out of jail a half hour ago. He's probably back in some bar. Oliver, as long as this has come up, I don't want to direct another picture with Norman. I can't take it. Casey, you do wonderfully with Norman. Sure, I'm told I mix a great bromo seltzer. Now, let's be frank, Oliver. 
Norman's about to fold up personally and as a star, and I don't intend to fold up with him. Casey's right. Norman Maine was never anything better than a cheap stock company, Ham, to start with. And now he's even worse. He is not. What? Norman Maine is a fine actor, maybe even a great actor. I know. I've seen some of his pictures a dozen times. And if he's drinking too much, there's some other reason for it. It's not because he's slipping as an actor. And if you had any sense, you'd try to find out what it is instead of standing here saying terrible things about a man who's supposed to be your friend. Well, Matt, I guess we've been told. <laughs> you certainly have. <laughs> Young woman, I bow. No man could ask for a fairer champion. Mr. Maine, I, I didn't know... That I had arrived? I'm very glad. I might never have known that in this assemblage of my friends, there's at least one person who can say a good word for me. Thank you, my dear. Well, what are you all so quiet for? On with the party. Renee, bring me a double scotch. No, on second thought, make it a triple. I'm way behind. And stay out here and put those dishes away, Miss Blodgett. One more outburst from you like that one before dinner, and both you and whoever sent you here will be in trouble. Yes, sir. Mr. Blodgett, you learned to keep your mouth shut. Oh, here you are, little one, hiding in the kitchen. I want to talk to you. I'm sorry, I'm busy, Mr. Libby. I brought you a drink. No, thank you. You want some help? Please, Mr. Libby. Don't work so hard, honey babe. <laughs> You're a darn pretty kid. You're in my way, Mr. Libby. Funny. To look at you, nobody would think you were a hothead. Me, I'm a guy who likes hotheads. Please let go of my arm, Mr. Libby. You know something? What I like, I usually get. No, let me go. You're a smart girl. A little kiss or two to the right guy in this town can pay off. Don't you know that? Mr. Libby, let me go. I don't want to make another scene, but if I have you to... You won't. Matt, let her go. Nobody asked you in this, Maine. I said let her go. Let go of my arm. Your other one's free, Matt. Why don't you use it? I don't hit drunken bums. You don't hit anybody. You just talk. Now, get out of here. Look out! You're pushing him into the... Oh, Mr. Maine, the dishes. What can I tell you him? You won't tell him anything. Come with me. You're out the back way and hurry. I know what you're going to say now. What? Good night. That's right. And thank you, Mr. Maine. Norman. Norman? Look, do you realize that all I've found out about you is that you're foolish enough to want to go into pictures? Is it foolish? Look at you. <laughs> yes, I am looking. That's what I mean. Say, I've got an idea. Suppose we drive up to my place right now and talk all this over. No, thank you anyway. Esther. Yes? Has anyone ever told you you're lovely? <laughs> well, now you know. Now I know. I have a reputation for being a... <laughs> well, you know. But whatever I do, I still respect lovely things. And you are lovely. Do you understand? I understand. Esther, I must up Matt a while ago for wanting to kiss you, but... Now... Matt didn't ask the same way. And Matt wasn't you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Hey! Yes? Mind if I take just one more look? Thanks. So long, beautiful. tell you, you'll never be sorry for this. This girl has got a quality unlike any other girl on the screen today. She's got sincerity and honestness and, 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 and honestness. 
She's genuine, Oliver. She's a living, breathing part of real America. She's Norman, got something to... Uh, she's getting the test. Isn't it enough you kept me up half the night getting me to okay it? Don't oversell it. We're all set, Norman. Oh, that's fine, Casey. Where's the girl? I'll get her. She's in the dressing room. Thanks, Danny. Miss Blodgett! Miss Blodgett on the set! What goes with this girl? Norman insists on playing the test with her himself. My assistant knocks himself out to wait on her. What have I got here, another Bergman? Bergman, as I remember, didn't have an established male star trying to promote her. Shut up, Matt. What was that crack supposed to mean? Anything you like, Mr. Maine. Anything you like. Get off this set. I work for Oliver. Oliver, get him off and so help me out. Beat it, Matt. Beat it. Sure. It's a pleasure. She is all set. Uh, we're all ready, Miss Blodgett. Uh, Norman, on the set, please. Hit the lights. Is my hair all right now? It's perfect. Are we going to rehearse again? No, this is the picture. Oh, Norman, I'm scared. Oh, don't be foolish. Just be you when you're in. Good luck, beautiful. Okay, here we go. Blazers. Quiet, this is a take. Quiet. Roll them. Turning as the Blodgett test. Take one. Action! This is Billy Moon, your Hollywood star chaser. Here's the very latest news from Glamatown. Just a few hours ago, producer Oliver Nile signed a lovely new starlet who may, say those who have seen her test made last week with Norman Maine, make Hollywood history. Her name, Esther Victoria Blodgett. But you're right. She won't be called that on the screen. Matt Libby and the publicity boys at the studio have thought up a new name for Esther, and you'll be seeing her as Vicki Lester. Norman, you're kidding me. Oliver Niles wants me to appear opposite you in the Enchanted Hour? It isn't true. But it is. Oliver called me in this afternoon to ask my advice. And I told him I was sure he'd be making no mistake. Oh, gosh, but do you think I'm ready? The, the, the lessons, Dixon, dancing, all the rest, I've only just started. You've got six weeks before the picture starts. And I told Oliver I'd work with you on the script. Norman, did you arrange this whole thing? I told you. Oliver sent for me. Did he? Or did you go to him? Esther, it's a great part, and you Norman. Go... Huh? I'm very grateful, but I can't let you do it. What? I know how you feel about this story, and I'm not ready. A year of work, maybe even six months, but six weeks. I'm scared, Norman. I'm still scared when I even see a camera. Listen to me, beautiful. I did go to Oliver. You're right. And I did ask for you. Why? For two reasons. One, I think you can do it. You've got something more important than experience. And with my help, you'll get it across on the screen. And the other reason? I need you. You happen to believe in me in, in a way... Well, in a way, I used to believe in myself. You see, I used to know a pretty good actor named Norman Maine. He got lost somewhere a while back. But I've got a hunch a kid named Esther Blodgett can help me find him. Will she? Or is she still too scared to take the chance? She's so scared she can't even think. When you ask her like that, what can she say? Oh, yes, Norman, yes, of course I'll play the part. And, dear Lord, please don't let me ruin the picture. Curtain falls on Act One of True Boardman's radio adaptation of the original screenplay, A Star is Born. And now, we have news, important news, about a new star in the world of automobiles. Here's Kenneth Banghart with big news from Dearborn. Ladies and gentlemen, almost half a century ago, the Ford Motor Company began leading the development of the automobile industry when it pioneered the car everyone could rely on and afford. Through the years... Ford has introduced more improvements and refinements than any other car in its field. 
Ford Firsts have become famous. And the whole progress of the automobile has been symbolized by the Model T Ford, the Model A Ford, and the Ford V8. For three generations now, millions of Americans have preferred to drive Ford cars. Millions have learned from experience. You can depend on Ford. That's why today's news from Dearborn is so important. Why people all over America are talking about it. Everyone is interested in the news that the Ford Motor Company is building a new Ford. An entirely new Ford. Within the next month, you will see a new Ford more different from the Ford you see today than the Model A was from the Model T. Within the next month, it will be on display in your community. A Ford with all the fine engineering, dependability, and economy that are traditional in Fords, but as new in style, looks, and performance as its name. The Ford 49er. You've seen the billboards that say, it won't be long now. It won't. Less than a month. And soon you'll see the billboards that say the 49 Ford will knock your hat off. We think it will. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a new Ford in your future. An entirely new Ford in your immediate future. In June, you will see the 49 Ford. The second act of A Star is Born will be heard after a brief pause for station identification. Act One of the Ford Theater's presentation of A Star is Born, you will recall that Esther Blodgett, now known as Vicki Lester, had agreed to play opposite the well-known star Norman Maine in his new picture. Now, after many weeks, long, strenuous, work-filled weeks, the enchanted hour is at last completed. Tonight, in a suburban movie theater near Los Angeles, the event is taking place which every Hollywood actor hopes for and fears with each new picture he makes, the sneak preview. At this particular preview, just as the final scene appears on the screen, a man and a girl rise and unobtrusively steal out the side door of the theater. Stand here, Esther, under this stairway, and keep your face turned away as the audience comes out. But Norman, why did you bring me out here? We're missing the last scene. Look. Which interests you more? What the critics write in the trade papers tomorrow? Or what the people in there think? The ordinary Mr. and Mrs. John J. America customers. Well, here you'll get their verdict. <laughs> and what they say will be plenty. Oh, Norman, what will they say? You were wonderful, but me, I don't know. Aren't you beautiful? Well, listen. Listen and learn. Oh, here they come now. It's Vicki Lester's picture, all right. Harry, check in the morning and find out who's her agent. If Oliver Niles hasn't got her on an airtight contract... Well, Norman Maine looked look better than in his last picture, but he still looks like he was drunk half the time, and from what I hear, he is. I still say Norman Maine was good. Ah, Norman Maine, when are you going to stop drooling over that has-been? And you girl is great. Where do you suppose they found her, right? Norman, let's get out of here. I told you you'd hear the truth, and there it is. It's your picture, beautiful. I knew it by the second reel. Please, we'll be late for Oliver's party at zero. Okay, duck your head and make a run for the car. Look, there she is. Oh, Miss Vicky Lester. Oh, Miss Lester. Let's go. everybody. I'd like to propose a toast to Norman and Vicky, who has given us a surefire hit in the Enchanted Hour. My thanks to them both. Wait just a minute. Let me correct that, Oliver. To Vicky, who is the real star of the picture, and whose performance exceeded even the fondest hopes of those who believed in her. 
Norman. What am I going to do with you? Because I tell you the truth. <laughs> Wait, another scotch double. He brought it already, dear. Two, in fact. Vicky, honey, you look wonderful. Thanks, Matt. Hello, Norman. Hello. You both did all right tonight. Great. And, uh, incidentally, any misunderstandings we may have had. <laughs> Let's forget them, huh? Got to be one big happy family from now on, that right? Sure, Matt. Okay, Matt. <laughs> After all, Vicky's a press agent's dream right now. And you're the best in the business when you want to be. <laughs> I remember. So do I. Uh, dance, Vicky? Well, Matt, Norman and I... Oh, sure, 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 sure. Some other time. I'll see you. Hi there, Dakota. Congratulations. Danny, you got here. Oh, Esther, honey, you were great tonight. You too, Norman. <laughs> You know, I'm the bright guy who tried to tell this kid to go back to Gilmore. Gilmore. Uh, you... Have a drink, Danny. You can now. See you later. But I'm really happy for you, kid. I couldn't be happier. Thank you, Danny. Esther, there's Billy Moon beaming at you. <laughs> She'll be over here in a minute. What did I tell you, beautiful? You're in. Norman, let's dance. Take me out on the balcony. Oh, but this is your moment. Please, Matusha. I want to be... Please, Norman. Okay, princess. Your word is my command. There it is, Esther. The whole town at your feet. And that's right where it's going to be from now on. Oh, look, a falling star. <laughs> when I was a very little girl, I used to cry when I saw a star fall. I got the idea it was dying. The other stars would be lonesome. Well, the skies are even for that one just now, beautiful. Another star was born tonight. Oh, Norman, how There's only I... one thing wrong about it all. Why'd she have to come along too late? Too late? A man can't throw away his life the way I've thrown away mine and have anything left that's good enough now. Are you so sure, Norman? I'm very sure. Maybe I'm not. Esther. <laughs> what? I, I just thought of a joke on, on Oliver and on Casey Burke, and especially on the guy who's all of a sudden our very good friend. Matt Libby. You know Matt's idea of a wedding for two of his stars... A production like the finale of a Fox musical. The whole Rockettes chorus for bridesmaids. The third Marine Division for military escorts. Four archbishops to perform the marriage. And a honeymoon that would include personal appearances in 12 major cities. <laughs> well, I'm thinking. What if instead of that, the couple just ran off? Eloped to Nevada with nobody along except maybe Danny McGuire for best man. Suppose they got married like that tonight. Norman. Norman, are you... Do you really mean... Marry me, beautiful. I don't deserve you in a million years. But I can try from now on. Oh, darling. And I will. I know how you feel about my drinking. I'll cut it out. All the rest of the nonsense. <laughs> Who knows? I might even turn out to be the guy you think I really am. The guy I love? That guy. Norman, quick, quick, let's find Danny McGuire. And now, by virtue of power vested in me as Justice of the Peace of San Vardo Township, I now pronounce you, Alfred Hinkle, and you, Esther Blodgett, man and wife. Kiss the bride. That'll be two dollars. Congratulations, kids. Hope I'm there for your golden anniversary. Kiss the bride, Esther? Sure, Danny. Thank you, Judge. I, uh, I'm a little short on cash, but I think this check will take care of you. Yes, but, uh... uh... Come on, darling. Danny, let's go. Goodbye, Judge. And thanks. Well, another check, Lamb. Won't you never learn? Was you watching, Ma? We both were. Ma, I swear I've seen them two before. <laughs> On them warning posters in the post office, most likely. Let me see that check, Lem. Hey, yeah. it's for $50. Yeah, but he said his name was Henkel. And this check signed... Norman Maine. What? Oh, and the girl was Vicky Lester. Oh, Pa. And you didn't even get their autograph. Oh, gosh. 
Well, well, they signed to the record book. Look, Alfred Hinkle and Esther Blodgett. Oh, but that's just their old real names. I wanted their autographs. Oh, Pa. It's a wonderful house, and right on the beach, it's... it's... I don't know how to tell you. Not bad, is it? I made a deposit on it for you a month ago. I hoped we'd come here together like this. Otherwise, well, it would have been a present, a kind of a consolation prize. It's perfect, Norman. You sure you don't mind having the honeymoon here? Mine. Anywhere else we'd have gone would have been a madhouse. Reporters, autograph hounds, and all the rest... But here, well, here not even the studio will find us. Mr. Maine, have I told you recently your wife loves you? I don't think you have. Oh, by the way, this house has a very special advantage. Look, a hideaway bar, very well equipped. Norman. And with it comes a very efficient key, which is for you, my other wedding present. Oh, darling. Norman, darling. Hey, take it easy, beautiful. Hold that. It's perfect. Hey, what is this? Not the picture, Matt. Now what else? Matt. Get him at the doorway with Norman carrying over the threshold. Matt, what's the meaning of this? Crashing in here Don't like some... talk to me, you Judas. Friends, huh? One happy family. And you pull an elopement to San Vardo, Nevada yet. The biggest publicity break of the year and you toss it out the window. Matt, we wanted it that way. What you wanted has nothing to do with it. You belong to the public. Now stand over there. Matt, what is all this? What do you think? Honeymoon pictures. With luck, I can still make the morning editions. All right, Romeo, pick her up. Matt, get out of here. You too, Otto. Sure, as soon as we get pictures. Norman. We'll take no pictures of this honeymoon. You heard me. Beat it. Look, Brother Big, you better think twice. You're lucky to get in a paper these days. Just happens you qualify again by marrying somebody the public does want to see. You heard me, Matt. Get out of here before I throw you out. Oh, the guy even talks brave when he's sober for once in his life. Matt, don't talk like that, and please do go. I don't want pictures either. Now look, Vicky, let's Please here. get out of here. Now. Come on, Otto. We'll develop that one clinch shot. I want I want it six months from now. For laughs. And here's a Hollywood question that you shouldn't have trouble answering yourself if you've been watching recent releases of a certain major studio. What established male star who used to enjoy far too many lost weekends, but who, since his marriage to a top news star, has been on the wagon, is nevertheless proving to be poison at the box office? Such poison, in fact, that his studio is not even releasing his last picture and is buying off what's left of his contract. As a result, while his young wife is shooting two pictures at once in different lots, said husband stays home and answers the phone on the maid's day out. It's one of those stories that couldn't even happen in Hollywood. But it has. Hello? Oliver Niles, please. Norman Maine calling. Hello, Oliver. Have you heard the news? Tracy just called from the Academy. Esther's been nominated for the award for Dream Without End. Oh, it sure is. Well, sure, it's still a long shot chance that she'll win, but even the nomination. Look, is she still on the set? Later. Well, if the word does get around, try somehow to keep it from her till she gets home. I'd like to be the one to tell her. Me? Oh, swell, Oliver, swell. Never better. Oh, you know, golf, swimming... And I'll take you in tennis any day, you say. My solitaire game is doing all right, too. Tell that slave driver of a Casey Burke not to keep her too late tonight, will you? It's Cook's night out, and I don't want the dinner I prepared to burn. <laughs> yeah, so long, Oliver. See you at the Academy dinner. Oh, 
terribly late. Finish? Yes, but I've got to change and go back into town. Tonight? Darling, Casey Burke asked me to stop by. He's got to talk to me tonight so he can set a starting date on my next picture. Unhook me, will you? Yes, ma'am. Come in with me, darling. We'll go somewhere afterwards. No. No, I'll wait here. You go on. I, uh... I've got some letters to write. Norman. Huh? You fixed dinner. Cold beef sandwiches and a salad, they can wait. I, I didn't realize. I'll call Casey. We'll do it tomorrow. Don't be silly. Hey. What? News for you. What? Tracy called from the academy and he oh, said that... Oh, Norman, you know when I wanted to surprise you. Of course, it doesn't mean a thing, darling. We mustn't count on it. Oh, the door. I'll get it. You go on and dress. Vicky Lester live here? Yes. Got a package for her. Well, can I sign for it? Who are you? I'm her husband. Oh, sure. Sign right here, Mr. Lester. <laughs> Mr. Lester. <laughs> sure. Sure, there you are. Thanks. Who was it, darling? Just a package. Esther. Yes? I want the key to that cabinet. Norman. I want that key. But you promised you'd never... All right, darling. Here it is. Thanks. You better hurry. You'll be late for your appointment. Dull. Dull. I tell you, these academy dinners... They're getting duller every year. This is my first one. Don't disillusion me, Norman. Feel nervous, Esther? I'm not going to win it, Oliver. What do they mean by giving us a table without a bottle? You've had enough to drink, Norman. Ah. Why don't you get lost, man? Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here we go. Now, got everything crossed, Esther? I sure have for her. I've got the copy all written just in case. Don't be silly, Matt. I won't win. Shh, here's the verdict. Ladies and gentlemen, we come now to the really dramatic moment of this Academy dinner. Presentation of the award for the year's finest performance by an actress. The award will be made by last year's winner of the Actors Award, Mr. Ronald Masters. The uh, Academy Award for Best Performance by an Actress. The winner for her performance in Dream Without End is Vicki Lester. Darling, you did it. Oh, no. Go on, Esther. We're waiting for you. Congratulations, Vicky. Here you are. You're Oscar. Vicky, the mic's yours. Thank you, Mr. Masters. Ladies and gentlemen, when something like this happens to you and you try to tell how you feel about it, there are only two words in the world that really mean anything. Thank you. You see, I didn't really win this award myself. I mean, so many other people are responsible. One person more than any other. One person who took my hand and brought me here should be standing beside me now. I mean my husband, Norman Maine. I'd like him to be on this platform with me now. Norman? Thank you, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm the happiest man in Hollywood tonight. And I want to be the first to congratulate you upon winning your Oscar. An Oscar is a... An Oscar is a... Well, it's a little badge they give you to mark you for the rest of your life. A sort of a dog collar. Norman. Leave me alone. I wanted to say this about Hollywood ever Norman, since... Norman, please. They give you an Oscar, and they tell you you're the best. But they can't wait to kick you when you're down. Darling, please don't. Mr. Maine, if you don't In mind. Hollywood, you're only as good as your last picture. They picked a good symbol in their Oscar, all right. All the glitters on the outside. Underneath, it's just the... Uh, just... Oh, Norman. Norman. Norman, you'd better get out of here. Come on, this way. Girl, leave me alone. Come on. Leave me alone. Congratulations, Norman. This time you topped yourself. The one big moment of the kid's whole life and you have to mess it up. Norman Maine, the genius jerk. Maybe this will convince even her. Matt, once and for all, will you shut up and leave him alone? Look, beautiful, I... I'm sorry for what I just said. I, I've been storing it up for a long time. It, it's been eating away at me and tonight, suddenly, for the first time, I decided to be honest. And it just came out before I thought... 
I didn't mean to spoil your party. I guess I'm just poison for you, too. Never mind, darling. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Come on. We're going home. the tragic circumstance of our story that little Esther Blodgett of North Dakota must climb the ladder to movie success over the debris of her husband's ruined career. The dramatic outcome of this situation will be revealed in Act Three. In the meantime, the spotlight of our attention is focused briefly upon Kenneth Banghart with a preview of the new Ford. Yes, right now I'd like to give you a short preview of the Ford 49er. Let's start with the interior the living room of the new Ford. Picture a sofa big enough for three people to sit on in real comfort. That will be the front seat. Then picture another big sofa for the rear seat, but add three inches in width because the rear seat of the new Ford is going to be a full five feet wide. Add room overhead and lots of room for your legs. Then add picture windows all around because the new Ford will have picture window visibility, more than 20 square feet of sparkling glass. Add lots of closet space, too, because that's what the new Ford Deep Deck Luggage Locker will give you. And as an accessory, you may want to add a thermostat, because the new Ford's Magic Air Temperature Control will let you make your own climate the year-round. In summer, plenty of fresh, cooling air. In winter, warmed air, thermostatically controlled for your comfort. The picture you have now is fairly close to the interior of the new Ford, a living room on wheels. Then enclose it all with a new Ford lifeguard body. Place it in the center section between the front and rear wheels for smoothest riding, midship riding, and suspend it over Ford's new springing, new springs front and rear. And don't forget Ford's new magic action king-size brakes, brakes that stop on a dime quickly and surely. And now you have a faint idea of the comfort and safety you'll find in the Ford 49er. As for the overall appearance of the new Ford, I'll just say that its entirely new style and new low silhouette beauty gives it the look of the year. That will do for a preview. Within the next month, you'll be seeing for yourself the car of the year, the 49 Ford. The affair of Norman Maine's impromptu oration on the occasion of his wife's winning the Academy Award has now passed into Hollywood history. And in the months that followed, Esther, as Vicki Lester, has gone on to continued triumphs as an outstanding new star. For Norman, the interval has been somewhat different. Most of it he has spent in a sanatorium. But now there again has been a change. A change which has brought Esther to the office of... Oliver Niles. And this time he's really cured, Oliver. He hasn't touched a drop in ten weeks. Well, that's good news, Esther. And it's not only that, his spirits are... Well, it's like the old Norman. In fact, there's just one thing he needs. My dear, I know what you're trying to say. Norman needs to go back to work. Oh, Oliver, would you? So he didn't tell you. What? I went to see Norman while he was in that place. I... I offered him a part in Secret Passage, not the lead. I couldn't do that, but a good part. You know what he said? What? He was tied up. Too many other commitments to other studios. As I remember, his words were, I'm trying to decide between a number of good offers. I see. Oliver, don't blame him. He was tops. It's not strange if he hates to find himself... He's a funny guy, Oliver. He's a guy I'm very fond of. Almost as fond as I am of the girl he married. Can we try again later? I'll work on it, too. We can, and we will. Thanks. Where is he today? At the races. First time. Isn't that uh, unwise? I'm not worried. I tell you, he's cured, Oliver. Completely and absolutely and finally cured. (laughs) 
Across the board, number four. Thanks. Number six. Hey, why don't you look where you're going? Oh, sorry. Otto! Otto Davis, how are you? Huh? Oh, hello, Norman. Glad to see you. Yeah, me too, Norman. Come on, Grace, or we'll miss the race. Wasn't that Norman Maine? My gosh, he looks awful. When they go, they go fast. Hello there, Mr. Maine. Haven't seen you in a long time. Uh, what are you drinking? Still double scotch? Oh, hello, Joe. <laughs> I've been resting. Ginger ale. Ginger ale and what? Just ginger ale. Hey, new leaf. <laughs> Whole new book. I tend to bourbon and water and make it quick. Yes, sir. Hello, Matt. Well, it's Mr. America of yesteryear. Do they let you wander around now without a keeper? Oh, I'm a trustee now. I suppose you'll be here all the time now that you've retired from the hurly-burly of the silver screen. Especially since you've got somebody in the family to make the dough for you to lose. Hey, go a little easy, Matt. This is a new day. And you know, I can even remember when we were friends. Friends, my eye. I never liked you, Maine. And nothing made me happier than to see those cute little pranks of yours catch up with you and land you on your celebrated face. Pretty work, Matt. Always wait till they're down and kick them. Say, listen. You fixed yourself nice and comfortable. <laughs> you can live off your wife now. She'll buy your drinks and put up with you, even if nobody else would. Why, you lousy... What? Swing on me, will you? Well, you should have done it while you had a swing left. Oh, hey, mister, take it easy. He actually... Sink. Oh, a drunk. Now get up, you, and come along. Look, officer, this oh, fellow... Oh, let him go, officer. He's harmless. Just a rum Well, okay, Mr. Libby, if you say sure, so. Sure, he can't fight any better than he can act. Up, oh, there's the race. So long, Mr. Vicky Lester. Enjoy yourself. Sorry, Mr. Maine. Never mind, bartender. Give me a scotch. Double. And the record shows, Mr. Maine, that in the past six years you've appeared in this same night court 11 times on the same or similar charges. It's no longer a time for leniency, Mr. Maine. You've proved beyond all doubt that you don't deserve it. So the court will make sure you don't drive while drunk again in this town for a good while. 90 days in the city jail. Your Honor, please. Esther. Yes, miss. I'm his wife, Your Honor. I just heard I'd have been here sooner if I'd known. I'm sorry, Miss Lester, Please, but I... Judge, this is partly my fault. I promise you it will never happen again. I'll be responsible for him if you'll just not send him there. You realize the responsibility you're sure? I do, Your Honor. And you have my word. Very well. Sentence suspended. Prisoner remanded to custody of wife. Esther, I came the minute I got your message. This concerns Norman, Oliver. Uh, where is Norman now? Swimming. I want to get this over before he comes back. He's worse? No, Oliver, he's better. Much better. But I was wrong before when I told you what he needed. I know that now. Are you sure? What Norman needs is to get away from Hollywood and stay away. Oliver, I'm trying to tell you I can't do any more pictures. I'm going away with Norman. What? Oh, you can't do that. You're at the peak of your success. You've worked your head off to achieve it. Maybe I've worked too hard, Oliver. Maybe if I'd been more of a wife and less of an actress. Maybe if I'd been with him yesterday. It's too late to think of that now, but it may not be too late to go away with him and start over again somewhere else. Well, it's your life you're giving up, my dear. So I can try to give Norman back his. Can you honestly tell me I'm wrong? No. No, Esther, I can't honestly tell you that. Then there won't be any more Vicky Lester, Oliver. Goodbye, Vicky Lester. <laughs> 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 
You're a swell girl. And good luck, Mrs. May. Goodbye, Oliver. And thank you. Norman, I thought you'd gone swimming. I came back. You, uh, you hurt us? I didn't mean to at first. I'm terribly sorry. What's there to be sorry about? She's a wonderful girl and very sensible, Norman. You do well to take her advice. Thanks, Oliver, but I don't need advice. I know what I've got to do. Oh, Esther? Yes, Norman? Darling, have you seen my beach robe? Haven't you been? I just decided to go in again. Hey, what goes? You look like your best husband had deserted you. <laughs> He'd better not. He wouldn't dare. You'd tell the judge. Norman. Care to come with me for a swim? No, thanks, darling. It's too late. Beach is beautiful right now. Just sundown. You can walk right down the sands and out into the liquid gold of the western sky. Hey, how's that dialogue? Maybe I've been in the wrong end of this racket. Norman. Huh? Kiss me. Kiss me long and hard. Funny. I just had the same idea. Thanks. Well, now for my swim. Don't be too long. Hey. What? Mind if I take just one more look? Thanks, beautiful. So long. have, of course, already heard the tragic news. And I know you listeners all over the country share the deep sense of loss that all of us in Hollywood feel in the death of Norman Maine. It's now official. The body found this morning off Santa Monica was positively identified by his wife, Vicki Lester, who collapsed completely immediately afterward. Not in years has Hollywood had a shock to equal the one today's news. Norman Maine was one of the truly great stars of his day. And despite shortcomings he may have had, he had many, many friends throughout the industry. As to the effect of his tragic occurrence on Vicky Lester, we can only conjecture. Nothing I can say to persuade you, Esther? Nothing, Danny. Oliver Niles is offering you a great picture. I tell you, I'm through. I never want to see this place again. Oh, Danny, that funeral, those harpies of women. Miss Lester, give me your autograph. Vicky, look this way. Vicky, pose for a picture. Well, Norman was lying there. Yeah, maybe you're right. I should go back home to Fillmore for a while and rest. And... It's not for a while. I won't be back, Danny. Any more than Norman will. Oh, honey, you can't. Why can't I? Is there any reason for me to stay? Hollywood has ruined everything for me. It's killed the one man I love. Dakota... Don't, Danny, please. All right, I'm not going to say anything else. You'll do what you have to. But before you walk out on all you've built, there's one thing you ought to know. I've got to go home, Danny. Maybe. Maybe you do, but... Esther, when Norman was up in that sanatorium, I couldn't get up there much, so I used to write to him, and he wrote to me. There's one letter, one letter of his I want you to see. Yeah, I'll read you part of it. I have one fear out of all this, Danny. Fear that I wish I could find the words to make Esther understand. Whatever's happened to me is my own fault and only mine. By her love, Esther's given me a reprieve, and you hope in my life that I still may be able to fulfill. But if I don't, 
none of it will be her fault. You see... Here, you read the rest. You see, Danny, I know that only in part, in a very small part, does Esther belong to me. Mostly she belongs to a dream. A dream she had of herself. A dream she told you about that time you met her on the bus. And if I were a guy who still could pray, my prayer would be that nothing, nothing would ever make her forget that dream. I love her as I thought I could never love any woman. But I'd feel my life was a complete failure if, because of me, anything should keep her from going on. Yours for a brighter, if soberer, tomorrow. Norman. Oh, Danny. How do you see? I do. Yes. Yes, Danny, I do. Hello? Yeah. Oh, sure, just a second. Esther, Oliver Niles is on the phone. He, uh, he wants to talk to Vicki Lester about her career. Interested? Give it to me, Danny. Hello? Yes, Oliver, I will take the part. But you've made a slight mistake. This isn't Vicki Lester. This is Mrs. Norman Maine. Ladies and gentlemen, the audience here in NBC's studio 6A in New York City have been applauding the Ford Theater's presentation of A Star is Born. I would like to acknowledge the moving performance of Elaine Rost, who played Esther Blodgett, the North Dakota girl who rose to motion picture fame as Vicki Lester, and of James Meehan, who played the part of Norman Maine. Ed Jerome appeared as Oliver Niles... Mason Adams as Matt Libby, Carl Eastman as Danny, and Adelaide Klein as Billy Moon. Won't you join us again next Sunday afternoon when the Ford Theater presents a special radio adaptation of Vera Caspery's thrilling murder mystery, Laura, which you will also remember as a distinguished motion picture. A Star is Born from an original story by William A. Wellman and Robert Carson with screenplay by Dorothy Parker, Alan Campbell, and Robert Carson was adapted for radio by True Boardman, edited by Howard Teichman, and directed by George Zachary. The musical score was composed and conducted by Lynn Murray. Other players heard in today's play were Florence Baker, Sandra Barkin, Horace Braham, Jeffrey Bryant, Cliff Carpenter, Roy Fant, Jack McBride, Daniel Ocko, and Walter Vaughn. <laughs> Ford Theater play today was about a girl who chose acting as a career. But right now, thousands of young women are living stories just as fascinating in their careers as nurses. There is a great need for bright, alert girls with high school educations to enter nursing, and there are equally great opportunities for them. They receive a professional education and work with the finest people in their communities, serving humanity. And graduate nurses have many fields to choose from. Airlines, foreign service, research, Red Cross... United States Armed Forces and Industry, to name just a few. If you are a girl with high school education and in good health, wondering about nursing, visit the hospital nursing. Visit the hospital nearest you and find out more about nursing. Next week, listen to Laura... The Ford Theater is presented. The Ford Theater is presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford Mercury and Lincoln cars and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches.
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.